So welcome to Fake Nerds Watch for Star Wars and or this is the latest Star Wars show coming to, that is on Disney Plus now, the latest live action Star Wars show uh, about our good friend Cassian Andor, who we haven't seen since he died. Um, so welcome back. So uh, full spoilers for the first three episodes of Star Wars and or once again, this is Fake Nerds Watch. Uh, just quickly sneaking into your Fake Nerd podcast episode. What do we think about the show? Ben, I want to hear what you have to say more than anyone. Really? Yeah, because oh. because well, I because I think this is more of a slower Star Wars show than we've ever had, and like I want to see it, like if you're if you're vibing with it because I oh I am I know how I oh I'm vibing I am yeah. hardcore vibing with this show. Wow. So this Andor so far is that Star Wars show. I feel like it is like the first true, and I don't know how other any other way to word this. So I'm just gonna word it this way. Mm-hmm. It is the first true adult Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. As in, it does take place in, in, the, in a galaxy far, far away, but it is has very heavy adult themes. And by adult themes, I mean, you see Cassian Andor murder people in the first 10 minutes. I mean, he yeah, kills one guy, acts, he kills one guy accidentally, but he straight up shoots a dude point blank in cold blood. We do actually see him do that in Rogue One the first time we, we do. Him, so so yeah. we, you're right. We do see him do on that brand. in Rogue One. What's up? Yeah, on brand. Very on brand for Cassian Andor. Um, I am intrigued, and I am, and I want to know what happens. Like jumping ahead a little bit to the to when um Stellan Skarsgård, right? Yep. I want to make sure I got my Skarsgårds correct. When he shows mm-hmm. up, that show went from I still was enjoying it. It went from like a five to a ten, and mm-hmm. it just like stuff went down i'm like i am ready for this i am all here for it those first three episodes were some good exposition there are some good um a little bit of kernels of 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 into cassian's life and i am i'm ready for it i am so happy we got this i am all aboard the andor train hell yeah what are the episode titles my friend you got them yeah uh the first episode is titled casa mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. one is that would be me mm-hmm. and the third one is reckoning reckoning Speaking of reckonings, how do you reckon with these three episodes, Brandon? <laughs> I love it. This is exactly the show I've wanted, I've wanted Disney to make. Uh, I never thought I'd get it with Cassian Andor as a character, um, although I was always kind of interested in a prequel about him. Uh, I'm so happy. So, so, so happy. Thank God. I can't yeah. sometimes, sometimes I watch this and I can't believe Disney actually put this on screen. Yes, I, I am. I'm very thrilled. I like it as well. I I am not, I like Rogue One. I'm not as hot a Rogue One as you guys are. And I didn't need to see more Cassian Andor. Um, but now that we are here and he is he's a focus, he's getting a lot more, but it's also not just about him, it's about the starts of the rebellion and stuff. Uh, it is, I, I agree with you, Brandon, the Star Wars show I've always wanted. Um, but more than just the political side, like uh, uh, I sometimes, I like my shows to have a little grit to them. I don't want all my shows to be PG. Uh, in the world of Star Wars, it started as PG, so I'm not expecting anything to turn the House of the Dragon. But when you have a franchise that's turning, you know, 50 years old, and it's as expansive as it is, you can do different types of things in the world, right? So the fact that it took us this long to get here, um, it, it, it took a little longer than I wanted. But now that we're here, I'm thrilled. Um, I actually found the first episode to be totally fine. And I and by the time I got to episode three, I was thrilled that I thought episode one was fine because it means they're taking their time. And it is, it is taking the slow journey that I wanted it to take. 
it's not a six episode show where it's half over already. We just got this was the this was the prologue for Andor more than anything. Um, and, and I do agree with you, Ben. Once Stellan was introduced, um, the show really kicks in the high gear for me. Um, uh, uh, it's shot beautifully. This is probably the best looking Star Wars thing, even like in terms of the movies, just because all of it looks so real. Because most of it's real. It's really nice. Yeah. I, I I'm thrilled that we're here. Yeah. I would end up echoing a lot of what Ryan said. Um, I I think that there's such a blessing in knowing that there's 24 total episodes of this show and we're only in the first three. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, a real show. <laughs> <laughs> HBO Star Wars. And, yeah. and to feel that way and to feel like I'm watching something that's actually about like people who live in the world of Star Wars. And it's not just like, it's a bit, or it's just for this one episode that we're kind of thinking about this. And it's like, nah, this is just about like, man, does it, doesn't it kind of suck to live under the empire's thumb in Star Wars? And it's like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm into it. I like it. I like all of it. I think it looks really good. It does make me kind of retroactively not like some other Star Wars shows as much. Um, but at least uh, there's this one, and I'm glad they put the work in. Oh, my God. Uh, there's, like, one shot specifically of one of the ships, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a ship look this good in Star Wars. And it made me think about Kenobi, and I'm like, why, God? Just Thank God. The I'm just glad that, really that Andor, it's, it's real quick, but it's so weird that Andor is the show that's getting the best budget, the best cinematography that the money can buy. Uh, and Kenobi is just like, yeah, give it like, give it like a side room. Whatever. I think it feels like, it feels very much like it's driven by the concept of, we know we have nothing to like stand, prop the show up on. We're not propping it up on you e- and McGregor. We're not propping it up on Ahsoka or uh, little baby Yoda. We're we're trying to do it off of Diego Luna. Yeah. Did you like Rogue One? Diego Luna, more show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all they had to prop it up on. And it's, so they were like, we gotta make sure that we make everything else work. And then it did because they put the work in. Yeah. This oh. one actually really makes me sorry, Ben, real quickly. This one actually really makes me like really question. Like this thing is this show looks expensive. Like it looks expensive in a way that I haven't seen since Mandalorian season one, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, for real, yeah. I would and, say I would even more. <laughs> yeah, and so like I'm watching this and I'm thinking uh, and I'm looking at this and I'm like I just with how cheap Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi looked, I I'm shocked that this looks as good as it does because my standards were so were brought so low by how by by how, by those shows. And I do have to like give them some amount of like during a pandemic, but at the same time so was this. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was a pandemic show. Everybody, remember. I need oh, everyone sorry. to remember that because and this, look how that show looks. Uh, this stopped filming before Obi Wan started. This show has been in development for so long. Uh, I have a question for the three of you, but before that, when Brandon was talking about how good the show looks, there were many moments in both Episode One, Episode Two, and obviously Episode Three. I'm watching the show. I was like, why couldn't Boba Fett look this good? Boba Fett's the one that kind of hurts the most for some reason. Like yeah. Obi Wan, I still got some pretty good Obi Wan stuff, but Boba Fett was the letdown. Where I'm just like, oh yeah, why didn't you put money behind that? Why is this? Why is that show hold, held up by a shoestring? I'm yeah. I'm different. I'm definitely different because I'm like, I can't believe Obi Wan looks as bad in comparison to this. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that there are episodes where it's like so dark and you can't make out most things. Yeah, and the the just lame 
set construction, set construction of the cavern that they're hiding in. And I'm like, how, how did you let that world feel so sparse and Andor feels so lived in? This was supposed to be such a big moment for these pivotal Star Wars characters. And that came off looking cheap as shit. So I think, and I, I, think and I like Obi-Wan too. And you're absolutely right, Sparks, that Obi-Wan no. does look cheap as shit by comparison. You can like it and recognize that it looks entirely like a fake show. <laughs> um, so I think what helps a lot, and some of the other Star Wars shows have had this as well, but there's definitely more creative oversight because of what's involved. Uh, Tony Gilroy and Toby Haynes, who are the writer and directors, are writing and directing most of this entire show. Uh, obviously, there's help behind the scenes stuff, but they are the two guys who are mostly co making this show on their own with the help of other people. So like, it is their visions. And both of these guys... Uh, Tony Gilroy comes from the Bourne movies, and he's written a bunch of movies like Michael Clayton. He's a guy who comes from the spy world. And the other guy has worked on Chernobyl. So these are two dudes who know drama. So they are Tony making Gilroy. a drama first that happens to be Star Wars instead of a Star Wars show they have to make into a drama. And, like, it just feels like a real show. And it's just, like, again, I can't believe it's it's Andor. That's the show, like, oh, my God, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, thank God. I love you, Cassie, and thank you so much. So cool. I have actually a quick response to what, what Ryan said. Tony Gilroy, um, no slight to Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards did not do the, the uh, reshoots for Rogue One. Tony Gilroy did. He's the reason Rogue One's finale is as good as it is. Yeah, he. Like, yeah. I really like Gareth Edwards uh, as a director, and his visuals for Rogue One always stand out to me. Um, but Tony Gilroy is is how the, is why that movie is the way it is. Is Tony Gilroy the one who directed the Vader scene? Yes. That scene wasn't originally in the, the No movie. wonder I and love this show not, so much. <laughs> and not just that, they reshot the entire finale. Like the, the Scarif Beach scene is all to Tony oh, yeah. Gilroy. That's yeah, because I, yeah, because Gareth Edwards thought he couldn't kill his main characters and then can't no, the no, shows. Like, no, no, no. The characters are always gonna die. The, oh. the characters were always gonna die. What the big change was was originally, if you watch especially and you can see this if you watch the original trailer, the where the where the satellite was and where the, the plans were were in different locations. So there was a whole other beach scene, which where you see like the, the stormtroopers coming out of the water, like that, oh. that sort of stuff that didn't make it into the movie. That's where all that came from. Tony Gilroy came in and, and made it just the one tower. And that was kind of how that that's how he restructured the finale. OK, still for, a kick-ass finale. I, I, I love I still love Rogue One. I still love that movie. And that finale is still and no wonder. No wonder I'm really liking Andor. Anyways, my question to the three of you. Did you gentlemen watch this in all in one go, or did you take a break in somewhere in the middle? Uh, we watched episode one by itself, and then uh, two days later, two and three. That wasn't really out of like, oh, we didn't feel like watching two and three at the time. It was more the necessity of how our weekend was structured because yeah. we had things to way to move. Oh yeah, understand. I, I did a similar thing, but I didn't wait. Uh, I watched the first episode and then I watched this the last. Year, I, the I, I will say yeah. like on it, but. Episode one, I, I like I liked everything that it was giving me, but like it, for episode one, it wasn't propelling me enough. But by the time we got to episode two and three and I saw the flow that it was giving me, I, I really warmed up to it. But I think episode one on its own, like if it's just episode one, I don't think it's particularly great as a standalone episode of TV. <laughs> I, I will real quick. I want to rebuttal to what Ryan said mm -hmm. just by saying that uh, my experience when watching it was I was. I was, you know, like, all right, I, I'm really liking the way the show looks overall. But the thing that got me about it was um, twofold. It was one was the uh, the fact that it is very clearly told to us that that was the first time Cassian had killed anyone. Mm -hmm. yep. 
and that it was accidental. And then the panic reaction to kill someone else, I thought was really well executed. And the fact that that was like uh, our inciting incident for this whole story, mm-hmm. I thought was really good and well crafted. And then um, the flashbacks to his time as a child mm-hmm. told awesome. me already that we were doing a colonialism story, Hell yeah. which you picked mm-hmm. up on with the second episode. Yeah. Um, but that that that's where we were going. And I was like, great, because uh, they very purposefully don't subtitle them uh, which you were pointing out, you're like, why aren't they subtitling them? And it's because it it's because the whole point of what they want you to feel is that the Canari are so obscure in the world of Star Wars that nobody understands them. Um, they don't know basic. They have not encountered other races on a large scale. They've never seen a droid before. Yep. Um, so that's the whole point is you're supposed to feel like they're completely foreign uh, mm-hmm. to the rest of Star Wars. Yeah, I was watching the... Um the flashback scenes unfold and I, and I and I was actually really surprised at how well it was structured within the fabric of the story. The, yeah. the, the rest of the show and the flashbacks work in a, in a really good way where, so they are not constantly missing one or the other. You're enjoying the flow of the story as it's being presented to you. It's a, it's a, it's a subtle structure choice, but it works really well. Bringing me back to my arrow days. Yeah. We right. Our, we got our first star Wars brothel. Yo, man, talk about sex and Star Wars. You, you know, I was wondering if that was what that was. Yes, it was. Oh, bro, yeah. Like, we don't use our real names here. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no shit. So, in, in, like, episode three, she takes her jacket off, and that's, like, the sexiest Star Wars has ever been. She's like, I'm taking my jacket off because we're about to bang. I'm like, yeah. that's a PG-13 Star Wars right there. Uh, real quick, I want to acknowledge the check. We have Gail, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Ragan, Reagan. Reagan. Regan, Ragan, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, uh, they say, I believe most of the budget on Kenobi went to the actors, while on Andor, it went to the sets. I believe that. I believe, I believe it cost you and Gregor a shit ton of money to get him back. I guarantee that. Yeah, probably. Probably. But, it, but, but you're Disney. You can put more money no. into that budget. No, it's, it's true. true. It's a choice. <laughs> because that's the thing, is it's a choice. Like, it, like regardless of if on the show side, they decide how they allocated their resources and that they needed to spend this much to get you and McGregor back, it's also like from a broader perspective, they can look at it and be like, well, we put this much work into what visually the show of Andor is going to look like. If we really want to sell what Star Wars looks like, why aren't we putting that money into Kenobi? Why aren't we putting that money into Book It makes me, it makes me, because you said, Brandon, that they were filming Andor before some of these other shows. It makes me think that Andor was so expensive. They're like, we can't do this again. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, maybe. Uh, especially to their, to their detriment and yeah. loss. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they call Canary an abandoned mining facility, uh, an abandoned uh, imperial mining facility, which I thought was it interesting. Had a, it had an accident. Yeah, it had an accident. I thought Maybe it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that they did that because it's a uh, it's actually a Republic mining factory. The Republic is still around when Cassian is that young, because you hear the well, girl say, um, "the Re- the Republic a Republic frigate is on its way." yes i caught that too Mm -hmm. i think that they're calling it uh when they say i don't think that's a mistake or anything i think they're calling it an imperial mining facility because that's the official record the empire had taken over by the time that they decided to wipe out whatever was there yeah i was mostly just saying that it's it it creates an interesting look at the empire um just the kind of like oh yeah everything that was republic we're not going to differentiate we have always been the empire It, Mm -hmm. it creates an interesting look at the republic too because for all intents and purposes, a Republic officer got up and shot an indigenous child with no forewarning or reason. Yeah. Now, you could argue that he was ill and acting out of illness. Yeah. Sure. That's what the yellow thing is. We do hear them talking about sickness. Mm-hmm. Still pretty rough. I don't buy it. And we hear, you know, it's it's late in the Clone Wars. So 
Maybe the maybe the cha- the changes already happened. You know, there are already imperial officers in the Republic. Yeah. Um, Aunt Petunia is his fake mom, and she kidnaps him real You're, bad. That is who that That's was. That was looking. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to figure it out. Yes, yeah, I was trying. We've talked, we've talked about uh, uh, off and on. I've been bringing Fiona Shaw up for a while because she's a major role in Killing Eve mm-hmm. and fantastic. So I've been very excited for her to show up here. I think she's great. Love her. She didn't get a lot of time with her. She's so good. I wish we got more. Uh, um, but I do like what she does. Uh, you brought up the the kidnapping of. We're we're gonna jump all over the place. Yeah. You brought up the kidnapping of him, and I I really like the parallel of it because in 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 both factors they so well are presenting to you across the board what the show is doing so well is giving you both perspectives. It has a leaning and a preference of who is correct, Mm -hmm. but it is showing you what both perspectives are because yes, he's being kidnapped from his people. He's being taken away. Just as the other one says, he has people here, but they're going to die. He's also being saved from being killed. Yeah. Like both of those things are happening. And the same thing is happening again with Skarsgård. Yeah. He is being taken away from his home, but he is also being saved from being killed. So like it's both things at once and neither thing is necessarily making the other justified. Uh And you can see the same thing happening when they present, like, from the perspective of our deputy inspector, right? From his perspective... Oh, Mr. Blue Eyes? Yes. From his perspective, Cassian and his type are bad. Yeah. They have only hurt good, hardworking, I- imperial-employed men. They have attacked them unjustly from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's the angle he sees. He's not see. He he isn't there specifically. He is not there to see when they throw the girl against the wall yeah. and shoot the other one. Yep. He doesn't see that. He he probably won't see a report about it either. It's God. It this these three episodes are are like a little like it's like a little movie into itself, and it's like shows you like how people become radi- radicalized on both sides. Yes, and it's so good at that because you see Cassie and how he becomes a rebel, and you see Mister Blues and how he's like definitely gonna become an imperial, and, and he's like he's like I'm, I'm but I'm I'm in the right, and all these people and, are just bad, like, and all of them and all of them are talking correctly from like a perspective of, uh, you know. Not correctly, but like the the blue they think the blue right. the blue armed militia guys. They are speaking from the perspective of like these Space were cops. our guys, these were our brothers. How can we not do something about that? Yeah, and that only escalates the situation. And our original ins- uh, chief inspector clocked it correctly. He's like they were at a place they weren't supposed to be mm-hmm. doing something they weren't supposed to do. Yeah, with weapons they weren't supposed to have. They were probably and yeah. money they weren't supposed to have. Yeah. They got into a fight. They got killed. It was their fault. Leave it alone. Because on some level, he understands that poking that bear only stirs the pot this direction. It's kind of like what the other guy said, the Scottish guy. He was like, there's pockets fermenting Uh around the the planets. And it's kind of like the the older guy knows this, but doesn't want to make it exacerbated and make it worse. Right. Which this would which what this would do. I think it's such a smart interaction where he says, like, these these men were murdered. No, these men got into a fight and lost. That's a there's a difference. And I know yeah. just from looking at their record and what they had on them and who they are and where they were, I you know don't... that's what happened. I know they weren't doing this in the name of their law. They were doing something wrong. And uh and he's like, We need to leave it alone. It's going to get worse. But the young one doesn't get that. He doesn't understand it because to him, this is just injustice. Uh that Scottish old- guy. Was the commissioner in the Batman? Yes, he was. Oh, good actor. I didn't, good actor. I didn't catch that. Anyways, uh, even he was saying like the the chief inspector, the old guy. He says it's like, oh, I know one of these men. He was a squad leader on four. Absolutely terrible person. He yep. sucked. And I'm like, 
Yeah, just let it that guy is wound way too tight. And you got you got like some of these underlings talking about like why are we doing this? There's no point in he, doing this. Oh. And but and then he gets the other guy coming, the 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 uh, Scottish guy. guy, and he and he and to talk about like like kind of hype him up like yes yes yeah. you're right we have to do this and they're like yes yes I am in the right and then everyone else yeah. is kind of like going like what are we doing this for? You, you definitely it definitely hype, does. Man. You definitely have the show does a really good job of showing the people who take this way too seriously. And the people who are there, like, are just like, this is just what we do for a living. Like, we well, come in, we clock out, we go home. Well, yes, like the Scottish guy, clearly not above Mister Blue Eyes, but no. he can recognize that he can take advantage of him to get his way and to get the power where it's supposed to be. So mm-hmm. he's absolutely he's a like-minded. Individual. He sees a like-minded individual, he and, and he can he can turn him to the right because he. The Mr. Blue Eyes is very weak. He can't give a speech to save his life. His his men are like, this guy sucks. Oh my god. I think I think that's all done really well that we do get enough glimpses of the men to know that like they don't they're not all convinced by the propaganda. They're not all convinced by the bullshit. Yeah. Some of them are there just to do their job. Yep. Some of them, when doing their job, see another person do their job incorrectly and take their gun from them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, like it's 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 all kinds of levels of like who's invested in this and who isn't and who's just working. And again, and it feels isn't. like real people. Right. Like cause and, and everybody, no matter how good you are, has like shades of gray. Like it's it's that's why I mm-hmm. love like shows like this. And like it's really nice that we can dive into where Star Wars is generally about archetypes. We can dive into like real emotions and like real death. And, stuff. and importantly, they do a good job of showing that they actually, they're correct. It is Cassian that they're after, mm-hmm. but they never actually have enough actionable information to say he is the Canary man they're looking for. Mm-hmm. They never mm-hmm. get that far. Not on screen. We're not given the information that they have correctly gotten their man mm-hmm. uh, for their, them to justify what they're doing. We don't get that information. Yeah. Um, you could argue it's hinted because we do see the lady from the brothel come in, yeah, and she yeah, would yeah. have told them, but we don't know that she told them. Um, so it's left vague and unclear that they actually know for sure Cassian's our guy. And it, it, helps. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter because the allegory that they're trying to pursue are cops doing right. these kinds of raids, like that's mm-hmm. so well, it, it it so it deliberately the show wants you to think that like hey they, he want they want you to make that that connection because a cop will stop you even if they don't have any actual actual evidence against you. That's my point. That's why I'm saying I'm praising the show for doing it that way. Yeah. Ryan, you were going to say something I interrupted. I sure was. (laughs) I'll get to it. I'll figure it out. All right. Um, I really like the way the town rallies around Cassian when, uh, when they see the, the cops show up and they have all like the everyone, everyone's ringing these kind of like these metal clanging on these, on this metal around the town and it's like confusing them and it's kind of like making them all anxious. And then when it gets quiet, it makes it even worse. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, uh, the reckoning line. And what's so great, what's so great is there's no music playing during that scene. That's the only background noise in the in the scene is the clanging of the metal. And it's an incredible, it's an incredible choice. Uh, and it I lasts really for like a that. long time too. Like even in the background, like when Cassian and and Stellan's character are talking, like you hear like ding 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 in the background, like, yeah. oh, that's for they're helping. That's nice. Yeah, um, oh, man, uh, that scene between Stella and Cassian with like all the engines falling, shit, dude. I, that's a, what an inventive way to do an action scene that like I've never seen before. But it's also in a Star Wars show, it's like a bunch of just engines falling from chains, like just man, good stuff, good stuff. And that's and then, just a great scene. The exchange between them is oh, yeah. super well done. Oh, yeah. yeah, he knows yeah. so much about him and stuff. Oh yeah, spooky. You know what also is a good little snippet? I mean, it's not a full on scene, but a great snippet. When the when the blue guy runs inside the house, shoots at aliens trying to run away, 
he's oh trying God. to hide behind a thing and then you hear the gun click behind him and he's like how many are you and then you hear Stellan just go kill him <laughs> yeah, I kill love him. that just kill him. I'll kill him I'll kill him I'll do it <laughs> It is so much of Ben, yeah. Like he sees a couple, a, like a little aliens run by, and he like he like he just immediately shoots him. Like, bro, you are the worst. God, you are, yes. you're gonna put on an imperial outfit so fast. It's not even funny. Do you think? I, uh, just me projecting and just wanting to speculate for a second. Um, we got a lot of episodes to go. Oh yeah, uh, which is great. Um, do you think that that guy's gonna be the one who outs Stellan later? He's gonna remember his voice. Oh. That's a traumatic moment. He's going to remember that voice because it is he is pretty a, distinct. We do know from the from the trailers that he is a Senate man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's part of the Imperial Senate. Um, so I, I wonder if he's going to catch that voice and catch on and mm, get him maybe. out. That's a good. Yeah, like they'll have a uh, like a chance meeting and he'll mm. like you sound familiar. Yeah. Or or even worse, like hear him on a hologram or something and be like, oh, I know that voice. I'm just I'm just so excited for the Empire to get involved. Because, like, I, I'm so excited to see, like, I find Mr. Blue Eyes, even though I don't know his name, really compelling. Because, like, I, he just, he's trying to do the right thing so bad. He's just really bad at it. He's so bad I, at it. He's, I hate he's him just so really much. a bad person and doesn't know it. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what you do. He's the, right. he's the guy who'd, like, un- unironically drank the Kool-Aid. Like, yes, the Empire is right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. yeah well, exactly. just, I, everything that happens in his life, uh, it's just pushing him in that direction, even though, like, he's, that's just the only perspective he has. And I'm like, oh, Let's have a sit down with Cassie and it's fine. I hate that character so much. I This is kind of like a, when I say I hate that character, it's kind of like a love-hate thing because the, the yeah. actor performing in this is doing an amazing job. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that it kind this is probably a really bit of a stretch, but he reminds me of Drawfrey Baratheon in a way, whereas you hate his guts, but you still want to know what happens next. Looks He looks He's, more like Ramsey, though. It's he very- does look more like Ramsey, yeah. I think it is very important that like the way that they frame where he is and what he's experiencing, mm-hmm. because again, like he's not seeing the violence his group commits. Yeah. He is only seeing radical, dangerous people Terrorists. that are getting in their way. Terrorists that are getting in their way from trying to catch a murderer Who murdered of his, his fellow men. Yeah. Perspective. Man. And then, yeah. and then it's that, vehicle blown up and everything like it all falls apart in front of him yeah his homies get blown up yeah yeah also i love how the second that a speeder shows up i'm like oh no there's bombs on that thing that's a distraction and then you see the speeder bike go boom love it i i really um don't hmm sound sergeant is a great actor uh he's a fantastic actor this is the most fun i've seen him have in years in just the one in just the one scene, he's delivering such a such an it's almost too good for Star Wars. Like when we see him like that scene talking to him talking to Andor, it's really good. And he's really good in it. Like he's he is chewing up that dialogue like it is Shakespeare. It's it's it's, it's going to sound bad, but it's because he's a real actor doing like real acting in like a real show. <laughs> it's, but like, it's cool that like I mean, Star Wars has had great actors, but they always kind of like know that they're they're in Star Wars. We know what we're doing, but. Well, but what, Again, what like, Tony Gilroy really wanted to do with this is that is to kind of like push the idea like now let's 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 do let's do a, let's do a drama. This isn't Star Wars. Let's let's play this as a drama. Absolutely. I, yeah. I can only I'm just imagining Stellan Skarsgård getting the script. He's like, man, the script is amazing. He arrives on set. Is this Star Wars? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, he's been in Marvel movies. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, Sparks, right. What were we gonna say? 
no i'm saying it really does come down to the writing because like you the the actors will handle material with the deafness that the writing demands Mm -hmm. and like you know you you can have talents like ewan mcgregor who are able to be so talented that they can elevate loftier writing that they are given and then other talents that aren't uh in star wars and then there's star wars writing where it's already just so solid that it they already are able to just extrapolate the most out of it and this show is an example of that because everybody's getting to do it's not just stellan stellan's a fantastic actor so he's really getting to show especially because his role allows him to really stretch with this absolutely but Uh, it is everybody else in the show just has great dialogue yeah everybody's well written absolutely uh and coming from again i watched a couple months ago i watched chernobyl uh which some people helped make that show made this show and stellan skarsgård is one of the stars of that show uh and i'm like uh, it's it's just nice like he's a guy who brings it no matter what he's in um, and I do agree, agree Brendan. He is like, he's like, he's really bringing it for this one. And I'm so excited that like, he's not going to be like a one and done episode thing. Like he's in the show. Um, I cannot, I cannot wait to him, him and Mon faking Mothma? his shit. Oof. No, him faking his shit in the Senate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The good politics. Yeah. Oh dude, that's, the, that's going to be the real surprise. Like we're not going to get cameos of like famous people. Like I want to see some fun. I want to see some senators. I want to see some people that we've seen before, but now they're like with the Empire or whatever. Like, oh, I recognize you from Episode Three. You, you weird-looking monster. I love the I love the line where he where and it's in the trailer. It's like you just walk in like you own the place. They're mm-hmm. so they're so comfortable now uh, that they they think they can do no wrong. So you you could rob them blind uh, right under their nose, and it's they a can't. it's it's a great moment. They can't imagine yeah, they it. can't even imagine someone like me getting in here, getting in their home. Yeah. So someone, as long as you come in confident. They're not even going to look again. I love it. Yeah, and it's, I really it's, and it's so cool because again, like it's one of those fun prequel things. Like we, we like we know where it ends up, but like the 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 potential for drama uh, is just so spicy, so spicy. And like the showrunners have said, like this is a show with stakes, so we are going to meet a lot of characters who are going to die because it's a rebellion. And I'm like, it's it's it is nice to have again, like it always comes down on like people dying for some reason, but like it is nice to have a show with stakes sometimes because like. I know Star Wars and these people aren't going to die. I, I'm not worried about half the characters in Kenobi, you know, except for like the one new character who I know is going to die. Uh, so like, I'm really excited to meet a bunch of characters and like believe they, that they're all on the table. Like that is fun to be in Star Wars, to have that feeling. I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of knowing the destination of, of where a character goes. You can, you can still um, have good stakes without the threat of death being involved, but there is something kind of, refreshing at this point coming from coming from obi-wan um i don't mean to constantly throw obi-wan down under the bus but like it was the last one and coming from obi-wan to this one is stark in comparison uh, especially in the kind of the way of like okay well our two main leads we kind of know what they're going to do with this but in this one there's really only two characters there's going to be a lot of characters introduced which we know and there's only the two characters that we know where they end up and that's mon mothma and, and diego luna yeah, yeah, Cassian yeah. and Mon Mothma. Saul Guerrero. There you go. Yep, Saul, Saul does show up. You're right. I forgot about Saul. But he's um, like a fun cameo. But like, because we know, I know, I know. Just hey, you know what? You know what? The 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 this is set in the same time period as Star Wars Rebels. Maybe we get a maybe we get a crossover. You never know. Didn't they say that no Harold was going to be in Ahsoka? Right? And Ahsoka, yeah. they've got they've casted the actor. They did. They totally yeah, did. Yeah. Um, so one of the points I was, because we were talking about how we know the fates of two actor of three actors uh, or three characters, um, Cassian, Mon Mothma, and um, Saul. 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 Thank you. We know yeah. their fates. But what also I love about what I'm loving about the show, and what I also love 
going bringing House of the Dragon into the mix is that even though I know what is the ultimate end goal, I know how the entire war is going to drag out. The characters that are introduced, I am curious to know what their stories are. I want to see how they get from point A to point B. I actually care about the middle. And I think that's a mark of a really good prequel. Even though bringing Game of Thrones in at the House of Dragon as an example, we know where the Targaryen dynasty leads. We know that in 200 years, they're going to get sacked and then a bunch of bad shit is going to happen. It's the same with like, Rates of Power, man. There's a lot of prequels yeah. happening right now. Yeah, Rates of prequels. Power. Jesus, this is the age of prequels too. My yeah, God. They're good. they're good. They're good. Oh, we are, man, we are eating so well. But you're right, Wings of Power. We know what's going on, but the characters that are introduced, the characters we've only heard stories about in the main things, now we're finding out what their stories are, how they got to where they are going to be, and I am here for it. I'm, I, I'm thinking of like, I, I, I know I just watched it from Memories Terrible, but like the, some of the final shots of the last episode were like, just like zooming in on character's face. Like there's like, there's like the, there's like the shipyard worker who like they zoom in on his face. Like yeah. this guy's a rebel. And they, Mr. Blue Eyes, this guy is evil. Cassian, it, 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 we know where he, it's it like, does. It does feel like one of those recruiter commercials. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, and I'm a Marine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm in the show. And, yeah, I'm, right. in the show. Uh, uh, and I'm like, okay, so you you're going to be a character. You're going to be a character. But you feel how uh, everybody was changed by that day. By that moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it, like I felt the impact. I'm like, oh, this is like the start of a rebellion. In this, in this yeah. I love Mava so much. Mama. Uh, the, um, the actress who played Ampetunia, I love her Man. so much. I yeah, she's great. Her. She's I really she's hardcore. I'm really excited to see uh, how these characters are intertwined to the rest of the story, rest of the show. Uh, however long, wherever they show up, because if he can't come back to that planet quite yet, uh, it would be cool to see them show up on other planets and kind of like run into Cassian. There's very interesting ways you could do that story that I'm excited to see. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked about Tim and Bix. Tim yeah. and Bix. We have just not by naming them. I, yeah. If I'm being honest, I didn't know his name was Tim. Yeah, yeah it's I, about, I, Tim. Tim with two Tim with two M's. Yeah, I watched that, that Star Wars baby. Team. Team. They, they literally <laughs> spell his name with in the subtitles. They spell his name with two M's. I am uh, not making this up. No, I didn't do. I didn't do subtitles. Um, I I like. Oh, I forgot another character that we're gonna. Sorry, you say what? I, I like those two characters. Like they're definitely like like if I had to pick all the characters, like who are the weakest? It's probably them but like i like their story i really like tim being like a complex dude like he's not a bad guy but again like he's doing what he thinks constantly is right feeling guilty constantly but, feeling yeah like i i i actually was sad when he died because like yeah he wasn't the best dude but like clearly she liked him and like they had something yeah. there like, like it was like again like a real relationship he was jealous of andor and then he finds out what he did he sees her and then pays the ultimate price it's like yeah. it's because that when he gets drunk and he leaves the bar, he makes the call to the the to the Pomors or the Primors or whatever the hell the, the Blues. They're called yeah, the, the, the the slang, the Primors. Yeah, yeah. and the, the workers they use slang and call them the Blues. But but when he makes the call, I'm like the whole time I'm seeing him, I'm like, yeah. He, well, he he he's interesting because um he kind of like has this thing of like he does it in a fit of jealousy because he's been mm-hmm. drinking and he's watching the two of them and he's just like, oh, she's she's. And he, because of that, he regrets it. Yeah. Um, and I really like the the fact that he he get, he gets shot trying to like protect her, like trying to come mm-hmm. to her aid. Uh, and the, the fact that it was a uh, is because of a trigger happy lower lower ranked dude is yeah. all the more uh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And um, the tor- well, and also the torture that Bix had to go through while being chained to the wall. Staring I, at his I really, I really like the character of Bix. Yeah, me too. I really like her. I'm, I'm curious to see. I, want, I definitely want to see more of her. Well, sure. and she's already in on it. We know that. Yeah, she's, she's already on, on, well or on some rebellion stuff because, yeah. you know, even if it's not called the rebellion yet, she's been she planning Stellan because she calls Stellan specifically not just to come get the box. She's yeah. like, you should come take him. Yeah, I, you can use an M.A.N. like Andor. You know what's so what's really cool is this being set in the same time period as Rogue One uh, not Rogue One um, Rebels. Um, even without a crossover, there is kind of a thematic crossover because uh, Rogue One is about the rebellion coming together as an alliance. It becomes the Rebel Alliance when it was just pockets of rebellion that Mon Mothma was trying to get, all to get together. Now we have two shows about those about two of those pockets uh, leading up to Rogue One, uh, where they all come together. I think that's kind of thematically really cool. It if is intentional or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like Rebels is more of like the, you know, the bigger side, you know, the Jedi side and stuff. Not yeah. that there wasn't smaller stuff, but like it it doesn't need to cross over, but there's never this there's never a better time to do crossover stuff. Again, not even with the big characters, side characters. Uh like why not have Hondo show up for no reason? He's a dumbass, right? <laughs> have him show up. Hondo absolutely or, could show up. In the show. I think we're I think we're still a little bit ahead of the Rebels timeline yeah. currently. Um at this specific moment in the show, but we won't be forever. We are definitely uh, jumping. Yeah, we yeah. are. We are ten years ahead of Rogue One right now. Yeah. So I thought we were. Is it? It's BBY five, which puts some five, five years, years five before years. Rogue five. One. That's, oh, man, that's even better. That's even better. We have a lot. Five years ahead. before Rogue One. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want me to bring up Gail's uh, sure. comment? Yeah. Yeah. So Gail was commenting about what I was talking about how um, how like the prequel these prequels are good shows because we were seeing characters. Uh, They say exactly. Thank you. Uh, They think that's why Andor is so good. We don't know these characters, and it's nice to see something different. One one other character we know survives outside the show, Babu Frick. (gasps) Babu Frick. Sorry. Sorry. Babu Frick's a Mandalorian, not in this one. Oh, is it Mandalorian? He is oh, in Mandalorian. Yeah, we see Baba Freaking Mandalorian. He's right. I love that guy. The best part of that movie, whatever it's called. I won't, I'm not gonna Rise of Skywalker. Rise, no, of the Skywalker. Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Well, you know what? Technically, I'm not wrong, even if we don't see him. Baba Freak's alive and still survives past the show. <laughs> true. Very true. Baba Freak is old. Um, we learn. We I'm learn. honestly relieved to know Baba Freak's not in the show. <laughs> we learn that. Hey, hey! Cassian's uh, adopted dad gets hanged, so we have look we have that to look forward to. That's going to be sad. Uh, I'm super curious to see how this uh, imperial mining accident happened, where they definitely didn't murder every indigenous person on that planet. That definitely isn't something that's going to happen. Um, like I'm just really glad that this show is like taking this shit seriously and like it's dealing with like yo like police brutality and like colonialism, like real shit. I'm like. I know Star Wars has tackled that before, but it's always like, yeah, but it's for kids. This feels more. Direct. This is like, no, man, like kids are getting, people are getting shot. <laughs> this, this, kinda, it, this is the kind of, this is kind of the one that goes to like, goes against George Lucas's whole like Star Wars is for 12 year olds. I was like, yeah. is this one? This is the one where the 12 year old. This is the one where the, this is the one where the 12 year olds grew up and were like, oh, nah, we're going to make it darker. Sorry. I, I think, and I, and I hate to like only circle a single point, but. I think that the value of the show is the fact that it does give you the read where you can see the both sides of it. Mm-hmm. It's telling you who your heroes are. Yeah. It is telling you that there is a side you should be on, but it is showing you this is why they think this way. Yes. This is why they are radicalized against the good yes. guys. This is how you go from being just like upset to being a bad person. Uh, 
I think it's important to do that because like it's it's illustrative in we don't get it certainly not in our nerd pop culture enough of like it's not just saying those are the bad guys these are the good guys those are stormtroopers these are our heroes it's saying like these guys didn't always want to shoot people in the street and chain them to a wall yeah they got there because of a certain ideological thinking and it gives you that window Okay, it's all, giving you that perspective into how they become who they are yeah and, and that that is the thing that i'm loving so much that is showing us both perspectives and that it's yeah. also saying like cassian might be our hero but cassian also murdered two people in the street yes. at the beginning of the show he he is a murderer regard like that first one on, on accident second one that's definitely on him definitely well, he's <laughs> it kind of puts us in the same headspace that we did with the, the with rogue one like rogue one as as thin as that movie as character wise is it, we are not supposed to know we are supposed to know that cassian andor is a cold-blooded murderer he That's murders he murders some dude the, the first time we see him he murders some dude without even hesitating it's it's funny that in the show and the movie it's like yo this guy murders people like damn right. I, <laughs> but, but part of the it, point go ahead ben sorry i was gonna say like this show was probably gonna definitely because he was deaf you could see him hesitating when he had the blaster to the guy's face and he's like there's no way out of this because if we do go report it he's gonna wrap me out i'm screwed either way uh f it pew but this is i could definitely see the show with him as much as it's probably gonna make me uncomfortable him getting more and more uncomfortable with committing the act you're gonna have to become the yeah. the, the bad person that the red the lines needs that's and the I thing that's the thing of 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 we we also we we can only we can really only see him go further and further into the seediness of the rebellion. Whereas Rogue One, we see him. That's his kind of like rise up to the to the rebellion that we know thanks to Jin. So yeah, right. he can only go one direction. That's really cool. But what I was gonna say is that the Rogue One introduction of him killing someone and the introduction of him killing someone in the show are serving two different purposes. Mm -hmm. Which is that in the Rogue One film, it is meant to make you distrust him. Because the whole thing is that film is making you wonder, will he take Betray. the task of killing for the rebellion above Jin's feelings and kill her father? Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing that they want you to think about. And that's not entirely executed very well. If you want to go check out my Rogue One review with Brandon a long time ago. Um, but it's there. And then here in the show, it's about this was the first time he killed and how slippery that road is, especially in a time of war and in a time of like do these people deserve it and it's giving you the visual indication to say like they are on the other side but do they deserve it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. grayson that's a good point uh he's gonna go dark rick grimes route absolutely 100 mm -hmm. can't protect him rick it's a show that wants <laughs> you to think and doesn't want to necessarily tell you exactly what to yeah. think i love it love it couldn't be happy that doesn't normally and happen star wars yeah and as far as I can tell, and I don't know why it, it, this struck me as a, this struck an accord to me, the first official Star Wars thing where someone says shit. That's true. Yeah, yeah hell yeah, we swearing in this. In yeah, actually, hell you yeah. have that that Scottish guy go shit. I'm like, we're getting closer. Just... We're getting closer to a Star Wars sex scene. So close. We got we're pretty close. Oh, they took a jacket off. That was pretty. That was oof. pretty sexy. Oh, uh, we see someone. We see someone take off their pants. That's the true. brothel. I mean, the, no, no. Uh, like, when Tim and Bix hook up, we uh, she she goes into the other room, takes off her pants, and sits in the bed. We're getting closer, guys. We'll get there eventually. Start. I have faith. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, I think that mostly covers covers it. It's it's a. I'm very thankful at at the pace that it's going. Having 
24 like it's 12 episodes a season but having 24 episodes knowing where it's going like it's going to be a really fun roller coaster uh going up to the the rebel alliance and yeah. that's that's i i have full faith in the show and i'm glad everyone on the internet is going crazy for the show too like it's really nice have everyone on board for a Star Wars show. If you put yeah. the quality into the work, yes, people will like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Why don't you bring up the last few comments and then we'll yep. close it out. So Grayson was like, wow, Star Wars R-rated film? Ooh. And then uh, Gail comes back and says, when the Lord of the Flies rolled up on the spaceship crash, I don't know if those were an alien species or folks with jaundice. I want to say they were dying because there was a gas leak. and There was there was like sickness. Yeah. It's yeah, there, there was some. Yeah, there was some sickness that they were dying from. That's why yes, when Baba uh, shows up, she's wearing her uh, mask. Mm-hmm. But Gail's right. When we see the first scene, I also was not clear on if this was an alien species or not for mm-hmm. the first two bodies we see. And yeah, then once the second body dropped, I was like, I think this is illness. Yeah, I love the Lord of the Fries rolled up. I think that's really funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. All right. Uh, cool. Yeah, that is. Great. That is Fake Nerds Watch for Star Wars Andor, the first three episodes. Uh, you want to hear the rest of us talk talking about Andor going forward. It will be on its own Fake Nerds Watch series. Um, unless we have to do this again, which might happen. Who knows? Time will tell. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't really want to close it out because whatever. Let's go into the book club then. Hey, thank you for watching Fake Nerds Watch. This is a regular podcast yeah. episode, so we're going to go to our book club. But if you're watching this on your own, thank you for stopping by. Yeah. All the links are down below. We love you. See you for more Andor. See you for more Andor. Yep. Andor what?